On this edition of The Table of Content, Mike and I talk about The Coming of the King, a short story by Laura E. Richards, which begs the question, are we ready for the coming of the king in our own lives? Stay tuned, we'll talk about that coming up next, right here on The Table of Content. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Table of Content. Glad to have you with us. I am Albert Sines, joined with Mike Timmons. Mike, how are you, sir? I am doing amazing. It is so great to be back on the show. Well, uh, we always like to have you on as one of our hosts, and uh, such good insight as always. But uh, I hope that you are in, uh, in, in good spirits, in good health. Yes. So, uh, as I said in the beginning, we are talking today about the short story by Laura E. Richards, The Coming of the King. And as I always like to remind the audience, if you have not heard the story, if you're not familiar with the story, you can go to our website, waobaudiotheater.org, or you can go to our YouTube channel for WAOB Audio Theater and look up under our short stories, The Coming of the King. Uh, it, it's an excellent short story, and I highly recommend. Uh, but let's get into it here. So, Mike, what are we dealing with in this story? Well, The Coming of the King, um, the title almost says it all. The king is coming, and there's children in a playground who hear about this king that might be passing by, and they need to get ready for it. They want to make the playground in order so that it is worthy of a king. And it's just so noble how these these children work together to make something really beautiful and to prepare um, their surroundings for the great coming. What transpires, though, is that the king never comes, but instead some stranger, some man not as gloriously clothed or esteemed, but um, nonetheless, they make him feel like a king. And I think it's just such a heartwarming story. Um, I love the last line. They notice how the sun is shining in his hair and they say it looks like a crown of gold. Uh, just like like I said, heartwarming to say the least. Well, that's a great synopsis of the story. Um, now let's see if we can sort of open that up uh, in a little more detail. Sure. Uh, so let's jump ahead a little bit. So as you said, there was an announcement the king was coming. And I think what I like most is that, you know, we have an idea of most children. Most children are very, they're very sweet. They're very well-meaning, but their sense of, you know, order or cleanliness is not always up to par. I think that's why parents, you know, there's so many different, you know, it's portrayed in books or movies or even parents, real parents talk about how they're, you know, having to clean up and toys all over the place and clothes and keeping their kids clean and the room's a mess and you try to get the kids to clean up. So normally it seems like we have this sense of children don't really upkeep themselves or their their belongings very well. But we have children, and they say, did you hear that? They said, the king is coming. He may look over the wall and see our playground. Who knows? We must put it in order. I think that, that's the first great point, is you, these children, you know, and it doesn't exactly tell us how, how old they are. It's just children. So we assume that maybe it's a range of, what, 
seven to 12, you know, six-year-olds, 10-year-olds. I'm not sure. Right. But you have these young children who are like, we have to put this in order. And they all agree and, and they go and uh, they get the, the right tools to help clean up. One, one gets a hoe, one gets a rake, uh, the third one gets a wheelbarrow. I mean, they are all in. And that's such a great sort of uh, a, like image of all these children working together of their own accord without anyone telling them to, to help clean up their, their playground. I thought the same thing when I read it. I thought, wow, what what amazing kids. Um, you don't see enough of those kids in our day and age. Yeah, I've got like, to talk to my own kids about this. Seriously. <laughs> and my nieces and nephews, it's like, wh- what are they doing? You know, Why can't they just focus on <laughs> right. cleaning up? It's like the right. last thing kids want to do, right? Um, but just, a, I'm like, is this heaven? Like, what is going on? But uh, but there are there are children that have that sense of, not just focused on what's going to bring them the most happiness, but they really have that concern for for others. And sure, um, sure. It seems like they there is a group of them in this instance. But then they kind of take it to the next step, right? They, so so oh, they yeah. they clean it first, and they said, but. But we must make it pretty, too, for kings are used to fine things. Maybe he would not notice more cleanness, for he may have it all the time. So I say, okay, mm-hmm. well, the, the king's used to things being clean. So now we got to make it pretty. And they, they just continue on, like, to try to make their, their playground as nice as possible. Yeah, they go all out. <laughs> just like you said, they, they start sprinkling the, uh, the grass with, with flowers, I believe, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, it says, uh, it says, one brought sweet rushes and strewed them on the ground. Others made garlands of oak leaves and pine tassels and hung them on the walls. And the littlest, the littlest one pulled marigold buds and threw them all about the playground. So it, really, I mean, they were, they were just making this sort of a, a kingly space. Yes, yes. And this is when I think something beautiful happens. It's before the king even comes. And does the king even come? We don't know. Like, we can get into that later. Right. But the important thing is that already there is something that is beginning, something that's really amazing, and it's within their hearts, and it's not something that's dependent on whether a king comes or not. Already we see something really beautiful happening. And, 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 here's, and here's one of the first points, right? So it says, When all was done, the playground was so beautiful that the children stood and looked at it and clapped their hands with pleasure. Let us keep it always like this, said the littlest mm-hmm. one. And the others cried, yes, yes, that is what we will do. So, you know, not even talking about the, the king yet, just that the children themselves recognize the benefits of what they've done. They, they've done something good for themselves, and they can relish in that, and they want to keep it that 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 way. And I think that we we notice that in our own lives, right? So oh, yeah. maybe we've got a dirty garage or we need to clean up our backyard or, you know, or something else that we need to upkeep or change. And you're like, man, I want to, like, I need to wash my car. Ah, I should wash it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when we do something that's good and it has good a good outcome, we can't help but recognize it. And we may not be perfect at maintaining it, but we do realize interiorly that, I want to do this more. I, I want to right. keep things clean. I want to keep things good. Oh, of course. I remember growing up and, you know, there's a guest coming over our house and we would just clean the house like, you know, the king was coming essentially. Right. Yep. <laughs> we would yep. have 
like and the thought was after it was done it was like why can't our house always look like this <laughs> right. like why can we always be ready yeah exactly for guests to come exactly why can't we like treat um every day as if the king was coming and i think the children recognized that in this story they their eyes were just open to like wow this is beautiful yeah so with or without the king the mm-hmm. the children have already learned a very valuable lesson that they are sort of latching onto Yes, for sure. So we go on and they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait. And, and, and the they king, wait. right, and they wait. So after all of that waiting and feeling like the king isn't going to come, I'm sure, uh, a man who looks, as this says, with travel-worn clothes and a yes. kind, tired face comes along the road and looks over the wall. And he says, what a pleasant place. May I come in and rest, dear children? Now, before we go into the rest of it, I think that it would be sort of, we could make an assumption here, like the, the kids would potentially say, no, no, like, this is for the king. We've done all this for the, for the king. Like, mm. I don't want you to come in. I don't want you to come in. But they, uh, they, they do. Like, these children are extremely just generous and caring. And they say, yes, you know, come in and rest. Uh, and, and they basically, everything they had prepared for the king they give to this man. So their hearts are just sort of outpouring. Like they've done something for themselves and now they're doing something for this, for this tired travel worn man. Yes. I, again, I can't get enough of these kids. I'm just so inspired by them. I don't know if they, they really exist or not, but (laughs) (laughs) they're out there somewhere. They're out there somewhere. (laughs) But it begs to, you know, I had to ask, you know, how do I see strangers? Like one kid said, he looks so tired. Another kid said, he looks so kind and there's, there's multiple ways to see somebody um, and just ask myself, you know, would I, would I dismiss this person saying, no, this is for the king, move on. Uh, would I leave him out or would I recognize uh, his good qualities and see, yeah, there's a king within all of us. This man was kind and um, what a beautiful compliment to have that these kids recognize this right away. He had a kind face. You know, I, I like what you said there. You, you think you made a really good point that there is a king within all of us mm-hmm. and not so much a a king of wealth, a king of pompousness, a king of grandeur, just a, a king. There is someone, in, someone, something great inside of us that, mm-hmm. that deserves to be sort of respected and, and treated like a king. And again, it's not so much to be treated with, you know, fanfare and trumpets and all the things that we think about with a kingly stature, but just to be treated with such sort of reverence and kindness and to offer gestures of of a true sort of giving heart that we all have that within us and every one of us is entitled to sort of be treated in that, you know, kingly fashion. Yes, yes. Would you um would it be okay if I read a little story of Mother Teresa that really reminded me of this? Yeah. We see in this yeah. story. Okay. So this is what I, I found in her book. She says, One day I picked up a man from the gutter. His body was covered with worms. I brought him to our house. And what did this man say? He did not curse. He did not blame anyone. He just said, I've lived like an animal in the street, but now I'm going to die like an angel loved and cared for. Um, I just thought that was really beautiful that right before he died, 
he recognized that he was being treated like a king. Like we said, we all have that within us. And um, yeah, it reminds me of, you know, Christ's words, as often as you did it for one of the least brothers, you did it for me. And I, I think that's demonstrated in this story as well, that, you know, was this the king? Like if we were to relate this to Christianity, was this Christ the king? In a sense, it was. This was a tired man who needed who needed um, a place to sit, a place to rest, a, a cup of cold water. And the children, like I said, they are amazing. Um, they're really, really, we can learn so much from them. So the story ends, um, you know, the man, after he had rested enough, he, he rose, but before he went, it says in the story, uh, he laid his hand on their heads for a moment, and the touch went warm to their hearts. Mm-hmm. And they watched as the man slowly went along. And then, as you noted er- earlier, they, they commented, he looked so tired, but he was so kind. And then see, said the, lo- the little one, and this is that line that you said really struck you, how the sun shines on his hair. It looks like a crown of gold. Yes. And so was it, was it the king? Maybe not the king they were expecting, but it was a king. And for all we know, as far as from the author's standpoint, from Laurie Richard's standpoint, maybe it's supposed to represent Christ, uh, you know, just coming as a simple, humble, tired person who needed to rest, and these children gave everything that they had, and it was rewarded by this kind man, you know, with Mm -hmm. a gentle touch that warmed their hearts. And I think that's many of our experiences uh, of Christ, when we come to experience Christ in a true way, and not necessarily through a direct contact, you know, with, with Jesus, you know, uh, through, through, through the Eucharist or adoration, but we, we have that feeling in our hearts. So when we help someone else that's in need, maybe we've helped uh, someone who was hungry, or we've helped someone who was poor, or we just helped someone who said, hey, can you help me with this, right? Everyone represents Christ to us if we look with the right lens. So I think we all have that ability to have our hearts sort of warmed and touched, and we see the sort of the kind person that really exists. We see that king in that person, so that when we're leaving or we're departing, you know, we've helped the person, we can say, wow, you know, there's something about this moment, there's something about that person. And in reality, it's it's Christ. It doesn't matter who, who it is, because it's mm-hmm. it's Christ that we're ultimately helping through the person. Yes, and if you were to read this story again and substitute this tired man for, say, the king, let's change the story up and say the king actually came. Um, it's really interesting. I think the children would have acted the same exact way looking at it. Uh, there would have been no difference. They would have been just as joyful just as uh, kind, just as generous, just as much warmth in their hearts. That was just their disposition. And it's just so beautiful um, that they recognized, you know, the king in in the one in need. And uh, yeah, like you said, you can have said it better. There are so many people um, in need in our world and just recognizing, you know, when they come across our path, like, what would I do? What would I do if this was Jesus? Um, because in, in, in a certain sense, it is, as Christ said, he's in the, he's in the least, the poor ones, the ones who need us. So 
yeah, just beautiful story. And I, I just think to reiterate, you know, that we have to remember that. Like we, we, so many of us, I think in our Christian faith, like we say, you know, Jesus, you know, why, like, why, why can't Jesus appear the way that he appeared to the disciples? You know, why won't Jesus make an appearance again? And we, we get kind of flustered, you know, especially when, you know, things are hard or we're going through a rough time. We're like, Jesus, if you would just show yourself, if you would just tell me, right? Right. But he, he constantly makes himself present through all the ways around us, all the people, mm-hmm. all the things. And it's a matter of just recognizing, right, that the, the King, the Savior, Jesus Christ, that he is here with us. Uh, and, and these children recognized it to a certain extent. Now, again, the, the, the children don't say in the story, that was Jesus, you know, they don't say yeah. that was the King. They, they just recognize it as a tired old traveler. But I think that we can we can see Jesus if we would just open our eyes and our heart to it and realize, hey, he is here. He is with us. And he does come to us when we are in need. But we have to be able to recognize it. Exactly. And I think of, you know, Matthew 25. Um, yeah, I want to see Jesus. Where is he, like you said? But um, and then the end times. When did when did we see you? When did we see you, you know? Uh, hungry. When did we see you thirsty? We don't remember seeing you. And all along, he was right in our midst. Um, and the children, like, I keep going back to those children. Uh, yeah, let the children come to me. Unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think these children capture that sentiment so, so perfectly of what Christ is calling us to. You know, there's another point here, which I think is is worth noting, and it goes back to the children's preparation, all the cleaning they did of their space, mm-hmm. all the beautifying of their space, all for the king, because they knew that it was it was worth it. They recognized their space wasn't ready for the king. And, you know, in our Christian faith, we, we have two seasons uh, throughout our year where we yes. sort of prepare you know, we, we have our Advent season, which prepares us for Christmas and the birth of Christ. Then we have our Lenten season, which prepares us for the glorious resurrection. You know, but they're, they're penitential. There's sort of a time of, of suffering. There's not as much celebration, you know, but we're preparing. You know, we, we prepare, especially in the Lenten season. You know, we, we, we fast, we give alms, we do our best mm-hmm. to sort of sacrifice for for the king to sacrifice for Jesus, and it it's kind of funny, right? Because we do all this stuff for Lent, and I'm going to give up this, and I'm going to do this extra, and I'm going to do this, and great, super, fantastic. But then after Lent, it's like, okay, well, that's done, you know. <laughs> okay, well, glad I'm glad I'm glad we made it through. And right. versus, it's not supposed to be just. Lent. It's not just supposed to be Advent. It's supposed to be something that we actually carry on past mm. Lent. And the children were like, we need to always keep this clean. We That's always right. need to yeah. keep this pretty. And I think in our own lives, we need to be like the children. We need to keep our playground pretty. We need to keep it clean. And it's not a perfect situation. I'm sure that the playground is going to get a little, you know, a little dirty, and but they can clean it again. And we can, you know, and we can do that. You know, our our playground is going to get a little dirty, but we can we can always clean it 
uh, again. You know, thank goodness for the Lord's mercy and reconciliation. But mm-hmm. I think it's a good you know sentiment that you know we we ourselves need to we need we need to clean up in this time of preparing for the coming of the King. Yeah, I I agree spot on. I think that's really what Advent and Lent are really all about. And sometimes we need those seasons, just like those kids in the playground. It says their playground was sadly dirty, and in the corners were scraps of paper and broken toys, where these were careless children. But once they heard that a king was coming, all of a sudden, they are uh, cleaning away. And I think that's what Advent and Lent are about, just kind of those wake-up calls and a reminder like, yeah, let's keep it like this, more than just uh, these 40 days or more than these few weeks of Advent. Um, We really want this to be like this all the time so that we're ready if a king were come, and even if he never comes or he doesn't come yet, um, it's still good to keep it like this because who knows, someone else might come who is who is a king in, in their own way in a certain sense. And um, I just, yeah, again, just I think we need to look at our own lives, maybe even look at what's going on in the world right now and see where is where is that uh, that that tired man in our lives? Where is that kind man, that that man that needs um, us to treat him or her like a king? And uh, you know, maybe in the situation in Ukraine or whatever's going on in our world, how can I, instead of just dismissing it, saying, "Okay, whatever, I can't do anything," that's not. I I'm here to you know serve Jesus. I, I don't have time for these other people. Like no that. <laughs> It goes hand in hand, serving Christ and serving these people in need and just opening our eyes, like you said, and just being ready to treat that stranger as if they were Christ. You know, and I think the other thing is, you know, in like these seasons that we spend as, you know, as Christians preparing and we find growth in ourselves, if we're if we're disposed to it, if we're open to it. It can lead to more good, right? So, mm. so the children recognize the goodness of a clean playground, and they tell themselves, "Let's do this all the time." Yes. When we do something to make our own lives better, it's like there's got to be something else, then, right? I mean, this is one thing, but you know, I make this one change. What's something else that I can do? There's this animated short film. I don't even know what it's called. It was made like in Europe or something, but Mm -hmm. it was someone's little short. And this man who keeps his hands in his pocket and doesn't take them out to help anyone is suddenly sort of forced upon a situation where this elderly woman just grabs his wrist to help cross the street. And he Mm -hmm. sort of begrudgingly does it. But then as they finally get to the other side of the road, she, this, this woman gives him, uh, a kiss on the cheek, and he goes home and he thinks about his, his hand that was sort of taken out and used for something mm-hmm. good. Yes. And then suddenly he realizes, well, I could do something else. And then he can do something else. And he can do something else. And then he can share that. He shares it with another man who he sees was just like, like, like himself. So I think if we follow in the steps of the children and we prepare for the coming of the king, we'll see that our own lives can potentially be impacted in other ways, not just, okay, well, I've cleaned my playground and I'm done. I yes. bet you would notice that there's other things to clean up. There's other things to keep in order. There's other tasks to do that would help improve our lives. Such a great observation. As you were telling that story about the man 
um, who had his hands in his pockets, just chills down my spine. What a beautiful story. And I think it goes back to this story exactly so much to the story that we're reading, the coming of the king and how, yeah, one act of kindness, one act of goodness. Um, they just had to tidy up a bit and all of a sudden they're like, let's do more. Let's, let's make this glorious. Um, let, let's make the playground look like gold. And then that's not enough. The, they invite the, the tired man in to sit down and that's not enough. They're constantly thinking, what, what else can we do? Let's, let's give him cold water. They're just so overflowing with, with goodness. Um, and I think if the story were to continue on and on, you'd hear more and more of what, what can we continue doing? Because this is just so beautiful. They're, they're doing something beautiful and they want to do more of it. Um, and like you said, good goodness begets goodness. Well, we have to uh, bring this to a close, but I, uh, yeah, I I know, I know, Mike, I know, but um, the the audience has other things that they need to work on and do, but they can come back for another episode, another time. Yes, please do. Uh, But I think we we take away from this that we could all be a little bit more like the children in this story Mm -hmm. and work to prepare ourselves for the coming of the King, whoever that is, you know, Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ present in those around us, the strangers, the, fem- the, the people that we do know, I think it's that anyone around us can be the king and that we can always be ready for treating them like a king. Um, so I want to thank you for taking some time to open up this story. Always good to talk with you, Mike. My pleasure, Albert. It was a great one. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Mike and I talked about The Coming of the King by Laura E. Richards. Uh, You can listen to that at our website under our door-to-door storytellers or go to our YouTube channel for WAOB Audio Theater. And as always, I am so thankful to have you tuning in, and I hope that you will tune in for the next episode. Until then, be good, stay safe, peace. Peace.